0: Just quickly before we get started, I hope that you're all well and that you're all shaping up in these difficult times. I hope your families are well and I hope that we can bring you a little bit of enjoyment. We realise there's no footy and there won't be for the foreseeable future but we are going to work hard to keep bringing you the tree on the wing just so that you can stay in contact with the club. You might find that the tree on the wing is more topical than it usually is We always try to keep current events out of it so that our episodes will stand alone. But I don't think we can do that in these times. It's quite difficult for people to get away from it. You can't get out of it in the news. And it's obviously part of the history of the club that we won't play this season, or we probably won't play. We certainly won't play most of the season. So as I said, enjoy the listen. Brought to you with love. We hope you're doing well both Nipper and I are battling through and we know you are all too so keep your chins up and enjoy the show thank you the Barwon Heads football and netball club and the beach house at Barwon Heads are very proud to bring you episode 10 of the tree on the wing when one of your best mates dad starts up an Auskick program at your primary school then you don't have a lot of choices about playing footy When you're a local boy with two older brothers and a mum who's a stalwart netballer and a life member of the footy club, you're probably going to end up down there at some point. When you are the youngest of three boys and your brothers hate losing, then you either become a competitive beast or you're left by the wayside. Bobby Wallace had all three elements of the above recipe and there was no way that he was settling for being an also ran He's forged an illustrious career in the two blues, gaining the admiration of the supporters on the hill and the reverence of both his teammates and his opponents. Under-14 league best and fairest, under-18 club best and fairest, twice senior best and fairest, under-18 premiership player, club senior captain, club coach and life member. The highlights just keep rolling. It wasn't always easy for Bobby though, and he had to learn about hard work and develop an ethic that would progress him, as well as dealing with a career-threatening injury as a young player. Due to the social isolation policy, we caught up with Bobby over the phone, and though Nipper managed to drop out of the discussion a couple of times, it takes nothing away from the quality of the conversation. We still had an enlightening and interesting exchange with one of the club's favourite personalities. We hope you'll enjoy our catch-up with Bobby Rupert Wallace. recording hello everybody and welcome to the tree on the wing i'm teddy Donnell, and i am joined on the phone because of COVID 19 by my friend and co-host russell nipper highland g'day nipper how are you going yeah i'm
1: good teddy um thanks for asking it's uh and good evening listeners and uh hello hello to everybody around the world that might listen to this podcast
0: yes it's uh we're, we're living in a bit pretty strange times and um it's a bit, bit of a different uh, different take to the podcast tonight. We're not able to come to you from the beach house. We're in our own homes. And I understand you have a frothy in front of you, n- nip.
1: I do. I'm enjoying a uh, one from Byron Bay, the Stone and Wood Pacific Ale, which is uh, a very fine drop. And I'm, I'm halfway through my first.
0: Oh, well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. I'm, you'll hear mine open shortly, I think. Now, we have on the line because, again, we can't, uh, we're can't. we not allowed to travel and we don't want to get him sick because he's very important to us. And uh, if one of us is sick, we couldn't pass it on, so we're staying away from him, social distancing as it's called. But we have on the line a very special guest. He was originally to be our original guest if we could have organised it, but he went away overseas and buggered us up, so we ended up doing it a bit different, but... I'm pretty happy that we've done it that way because, actually, we've got half good at this, Nip, haven't we? We've been a
1: little bit lucky, haven't we? Yeah.
0: So we've And we've got a bit of a following, and, and now we've got this bloke. Now, it's fair to say that this guy is the favourite son of the Bowenheads footy club. We'll go through what he's been up to as a footballer, especially over the last couple of years. He's um, It's been a bit interesting without being, there being a lot of footy. So, on the line, we have probably... One of our greatest ever players, certainly we'll discuss it a little bit later, the style that that he played in, but I always said that this bloke was playing footy the way I was trying to. I never was able to play like this bloke, but whenever I watch him, I think that's how I was trying to play. Bobby Wallace, welcome to The Tree on the Wing.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Teddy and Nipper. It's an honour to be on your show.
0: Big words, Bobby,
2: but it's uh, it's an honour to have, uh, have you on the line with us tonight.
0: Absolutely.
2: No, it's my pleasure, my absolute pleasure.
0: Now, Bobby, we just need to get a couple of things out of the way. First of all, have you been to the toilet and do you have a drink?
2: I do have a drink. Yeah, I cracked that earlier when we were trying to uh, work a bit of FaceTime. So, been to the toilet and I'm
0: good to go. All right. And Russell, we've already established as as uh, he may just have to leave the room at some point, and and uh, we'll just chat amongst ourselves, Bob. <laughs> no uh, Bobby. We we always start off by having our icebreaker which is we have our two truths and a lie and I did text you earlier and let you know about that and I hope you've come up with something brilliant something probably better than your good mate Dizzy came up with who (laughs) wasn't able to come up with (laughs) with a lie at all Um, Uh, as as it turns out either all three of them were bullshit or they were all true because he couldn't tell which one was a lie and which one was true (laughs) <laughs> I, I
2: did have a laugh at that when I was uh, thinking of the three things <laughs> and remembered his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty comical. But no, I have, I've got two truths and a lie ready to go.
0: Right. Well, let us have them.
2: Okay, the first one is my first ever senior game The Bowen Heads it was at the ripe old age of 15. My dog, Kenny, who's a Labradoodle, two years old, just featured on the Channel 7 show Pooch Perfect. And the first ever trophy I won was actually a fishing trophy.
0: Oh, there you go. I reckon I've got one of those probably sorted out, but uh, there's a couple there that have... How are you going with that, Nip? Oh, yeah, I
1: don't know. They're always tough. They're always tough. I'll give it a bit of thought.
0: <laughs> what we now have to do is we, we have an hour of chatting with, with our guest, and um, hopefully let's slip which one of those is which. <laughs> we have had a, f- a couple of guests who've let it rip halfway through the night Which one's their truth and which one's their lie by telling us other stories So yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and keep it close to me oh, well, we'll
0: try and, we, we probably won't remember them at the end You're going to have to remind us of what they were Anyway, the first question we always ask after the icebreaker And we know the answer to this question, but our listeners may not How did you end up at the Barwon Heads Footy Club, Bobby?
2: Yeah, well it I started off down in primary school and I think like a lot of kids do these days in the OzKick program and I think we were, we might have even been the first OzKick group to start off and I think Derek Herbison and a few other guys got that got that underway uh you know, a long, long time ago down at the uh the primary school there on a Sunday morning. So that's where where my journey started for the footy club and then from then on I think might have been under 11s was was the first time he started playing competitive, and that was in at the, the uh, YMCA ovals in a Belmont there. So under 11s, 12s, and 13s I think, and then yeah, under 14s from there, which I'm pretty sure was in divisions by then. Hey, Bobby,
1: um, that going back to the Oz the primary school. Steve Palin was he involved in those early days of Ozkick?
2: Yes, Steve Steve Follin was was definitely involved. He was also, I'm pretty sure he might have been one of, maybe my under-13s coach or under-11s coach as well. So him, Jeremy Burke, Derek Herbison, uh, Mark Dreyer, they were all kind of involved. Drugsy Dreyer,
1: the the ex-Collingwood champion, Drugsy Dreyer.
2: Yeah, Yeah. he he was one of my coaches at at a period uh, in juniors, and, you know, they all all kind of worked really hard to get that, that junior program going.
1: And obviously, you
2: mentioned a couple of names there. What other kids were running around with you at that stage? Yeah, so a lot of my like, close mates that I ended up playing a lot of footy with. So like guys like Kirby, Swinnow, Jay Sudis, Jacob Fay, Zach Gubbins. Who else? Was I? Like all, all that kind of age group we were, we were running around together. Timmy Nunn played both under-13s and 14s with. and Yeah, so, so all those guys you probably would have seen play a little bit of senior footy at some point coming yeah. through the ranks.
0: That's a pretty good group, Bobby. Um, did you have a much success as a as a junior team or in that group together?
2: Yeah, we did. we We threw it all like, even from under 13s and under 14s. I think there was a few of us that played in uh, Premierships the same year, so we'll we'll play in under 13s and then you'd go play under 14s or vice versa on the same day. and we ended up winning I think both flags for thirteens and 14s, and then a little bit of a lean patch through or when i got when I was a bit older. I think under-16s, we struggled. And then 2005, most of those boys played in the under-18s premiership.
0: Oh, we'll t- we will touch on that game, I think. Oh, was that that game? It was a terrific day, that one.
2: Yeah, no, it was a great memory. That would
0: be one of, your, one of your fond memories as, as yeah. a footballer, wouldn't
2: it? Yeah, it certainly was. And, and you know to do it the way we did it and, and with all your best mates, you know, it still gets brought up every now and every time we have beers and stuff like that. It gets brought up every now
0: and then. You there, Nip?
1: Yeah, sorry, I was, but I, uh, I actually tapped mute. I was just about to say that um, it was quite a list of those blokes there: um, Jason Todd, Zach Gubbins, yourself, Herbie that you mentioned, Jason Sears, Webby. Was, yeah, Webby. Webby was he best on grand in that
2: game? He certainly was. Yep.
1: Yeah.
2: Playing in, playing in the rough, he had a solid game. Uh, the big, the big Webber. Yeah, uh,
1: Lucky Flynn.
2: Lucky Flynn. Uh,
1: yeah, and.
2: Of course, uh, Swinney you mentioned. Shay Turner, Swinnow, Mark Palum, Jared. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Panda, but Panda, yeah, he had a good game. Panda
0: um, had a great um, last it, quarter, as I remember it. Timmy Nunn, yeah, he played yeah. right
2: up forward for us. Andy, um, well, no, it was a great year, great time of
0: year. We we can keep on going and talk about the game because for uh, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar, it was a pretty good come from behind win that day. You, you at three quarter time, you didn't really look like you were going to bring the bacon home
2: yeah no it was against our at that time they were our, our biggest rivals Torquay, and we hadn't played our best footy uh, we started playing good in the third quarter we started to come back but i reckon in the last quarter we might have had to double our score i think we were four goals behind and then even with 10 minutes to go i didn't even look like we were going to get it done and we kicked i think three late and a few points and uh Managed to pip him by a couple of points in the last few few minutes. So, yeah, I still remember the the siren going and and the whole pretty much the whole town ran onto the ground. Oh, I did, it and, ever, uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a pretty big moment for for the footy club. It, we haven't seen a lot of success, you know, in juniors or seniors for a while. So, yeah, that no, was a it was a pretty special day. Hey, how did how did you go in the game, Bobby? Did you get a few touches? The first half, I didn't touch it, and then I, I got thrown into the middle and. Uh, I had an okay second half, but yeah, no, there's quite a few good players, and that I like. Lots of Herbie, Tom O'Halloran, Webby, uh, had a Jay Sudis had a great final series. Timmy Nunn, so yeah, Well no, I've got, we,
1: got the best players here in front of me. Um, Kyle Webb that I mentioned before, best on ground. Bobby Wallace, Andy Santilli, Zach Gubbins, and Mark Pelling were named as the best, and the goal kickers were Andy Santilli with three, Jason Sudis with one, Che Turner with one. Aaron Bird with one, Jacob Fay with one, and Mitchell Herberson with one. So a good spread of the the goal kickers there, and um, some great names that got in the best players that
2: went on and played senior footy at the club. Yeah. Now, I think over the next couple of years after that, there was probably six to eight of us that that were all playing senior footy. So it's not often you see that these days, where where kids come straight out of 18s and all play senior footy. So... I mean, I think the levels improved over the last ten years or so, but um, it was still it was still great fun with those guys.
0: And your coach that year was was the great Peter Sutis. What tell yeah, us it, about run us through Pete as a coach? What kind of coach was he? Yeah,
2: he was, he was a hard bastard. Actually, he's um, I think his philosophy was just to, to grind us and work us. And back in those days, there wasn't a lot of kind of game structures or setups behind the footy. It was more. Put your players where you want them, and then uh, let them go for it. So, Pete, you knew you knew where you stood with Pete. Yeah, no, he didn't hold back at all. So, um, good memories. Yeah, he was he, he was hard, but he was fair. So, no, he did a great job, and he had good support from from Joffa Miles and and Herbo as well. So, yeah, no, good good
0: coaching group there. I think. Did you play with Pete Nipper?
2: Oh, I
1: did. I did play with Pete Soudis and yeah. his brother David. Yes. Uh, Pete, Pete came down from Newtown in the, uh, I don't know, probably the mid 80s sort of thing. Married a local girl, put on to Sutcliffe, and, um, and plied his fair his on the halfback flank for Balneads in the, uh, I reckon he took over the number nine Guernsey from. Uh, he did play Valley number nine. nine.
0: He did. Yeah. Well, yes. And
1: he's yeah, he a very good, very skillful. Skillful, solid half back flaker. There we go. Yeah. He was. He played yeah, he, he
0: played a bit at centre half back as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he could he could play. It's <laughs> all right, he could play. And he was Good a
0: hard too, he was Pete. a hard bastard. He was hard on the kids. I I was one of the young blokes and I you probably never you didn't come down there very often, Nipper, but we I used to have to sort of get around Pete and play a bit of footy down the back half and if you didn't do your job, as Bobby said, Pete was the one to let you know. <laughs> he did it with short, sharp sentences.
2: Yeah, yeah I think uh, I mean I think this day and age probably as a as a junior coach you probably wouldn't get away with it, but um back then it was uh, it was one way to learn, and I think we fared for it better off when we went into senior footy. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and my my young blokes both uh, play footy, Bobby and it's fair to say that they're not spoken to or not uh, treated like we were as junior footballers. But when they are, when a, a coach does go off at them, they actually like it. They actually, my, yeah. yo- especially my youngest bloke, he'll come back and he'll go, we got a bake tonight and a yeah. training. And you go, well, what'd you think about that? And you go, well, we bloody deserved it. Yeah. And, you know, they, yeah. It's funny. Like know. Some, yeah.
2: Some people respond really well to it. And I think the majority probably do. It's, Minority that probably don't, and then that can cause some some headaches down the road, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, you've got to be you got to be pretty careful with how you go about things these days, unfortunately.
0: And it's a little bit about about mums and dads, isn't it? Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they probably don't like hearing their their son or daughter being being yelled at, but you know we've all been there. We've all we've all copped it, and we all probably know when we deserve it and not. So yeah, I think I think the game's moved away from that to a degree, but yeah, I think there's still a place for it uh, at certain times. There's always got to be
1: someone that gives us a though, doesn't there?
2: Oh. Yeah, there does.
1: Yep.
0: Well, you might as well bring it up. you brought it up now.
1: So I was listening to the Coulda Beans a couple of years ago and um, the Coulda been champions <laughs> on the radio, of course, and they were interviewing Mitch Herbison and asking about his coaching style, and of course at the time, he was the co-coach of Bale and Head Senior Team, with you, Bobby. Yep. And they asked a little bit about Mitch's style and game plans and that sort of thing. And they asked Mitch, and you probably know this, you would have heard this, they asked Mitch, who gives the sprays? And his very quick and uh, accurate response was, Bobby gives the sprays. And uh, do you do a sort of a good cop, bad cop routine when it's time to deliver the spray? Yeah, he's probably the one that uh, delivers the sprays mostly. <laughs> uh, 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 You're too nice a guy. <laughs> That's right, yeah, he, uh, he's got that down pat, so I'll leave that up to him. Uh, uh. And of course, at the end of the Could Have Been show, they asked each Could Have Been member, as they always do, what did you learn today? Earlier in the program, I learnt that uh, very cannily, um, Mitch Herbison Gets his co-coach Bobby to go crook at the players <laughs> yeah. so he can keep the white hat firmly on his head.
0: <laughs> good copy. Good Thank good you, Brian. <laughs> uh,
1: and now, was that something that just developed, Bobby, or was that
2: something you and Nick spoke about? Because first you've of already, all, you have to n-
0: ask him if it's true.
2: Well, <laughs> it's true. Well, I was lucky enough I didn't have to give a lot of sprays because we actually travelled alright for, for a, couple, a couple of years that we, we were coaching, but. Oh no! I think when things needed to be said directly, then then you know I was more than happy to do it. But it certainly wasn't something that we we planned or discussed. I think that's kind of the way I've been. That's my personality on the footy field, I suppose, for for a long period of time. And you know, it's just something that happens naturally, I suppose. But yeah, you no, know, Mitch. Mitch, Mitch could also, uh, you, you knew when he was uh, being firm and, and things weren't going quite smoothly. You know, we, we, we both had our times where we could get a little frustrated, that's for sure. Don't underestimate yourself,
1: mate. I reckon you've been trained for that job. Just going <laughs> through, just thinking back at the coaches you've had through your career, um, you yep. mentioned Steve Pelham helped coach you in Ozki. Peter Sutis, Chopper had a fair bit to do it. Those three yep. blokes are some of the best People that have ever given sprays that I've ever heard at the bar, I don't think it's any better that could give spray. So you know, you've been you've been trained up very well. I
2: think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe subconsciously uh, that's 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 where I've got it from. There was another one you left out, probably Mick Atkins. Oh, he could goodness ser- me! Oh, he wasn't bad at it at all. Oh. He could. He could certainly. Uh, you know.
0: He could give, give serves for Australia.
2: A yeah, he could. He was, he was good.
0: Everybody we've had on the show that's that had Mick as a coach has, has mentioned that.
2: Yeah, no. Well, Mick was probably you know he was one of my biggest kind of influences in uh, in footy. You know, he he showed me the ways a bit um, as a kind of late teen, early twenties kid. You know, he, he set me straight pretty quickly. Yeah, there's a lot of people said that. I think
1: he's had a uh, really big influence on. Um the blokes around your vintage that came through the club and um, built us up to the success that we've recently
2: had. And I think he had a lot to do with
0: that. And he had a bit of faith in your group, your, those kids too, didn't he, Bobby?
2: Yeah, he did. He did. He, um, we, there was quite a few of us playing footy. I still remember one of the, I think the year after our under-18s premiership, going back, I think we might have been in been the pre-season and, you know, we were running around thinking we were we were pretty bloody good, and there was about eight or nine of us. And he took us up into the rooms. You know, halfway through training, he said, All right, all you, you you blokes up into the rooms." Pretty much sat us down and went through us one by one, telling us that we had a lot of work to do before we could we could start prancing around training. So I think a few of us got a bit of a wake up call cool that night, and uh, yeah, set us a few, set us straight. That's for sure.
0: Oh, that's very good. I like that.
2: Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it was a good wake-up call. And then, personally, for me, he was fantastic. He kind of, you know, taught me what it was like to to try and be a consistent senior footballer and how hard you had to work kind of behind the scenes. So, you know, I, I a lot to me, I reckon.
0: And you were a hard worker, Bobby. Is that something that you really prided yourself on?
2: Yeah, I think early on, I probably I probably took it for granted. And then kind of when I got to that 19, 20, 21 age, I, I realised that, you know, for me to... Be a half-decent footballer. I had to work work really hard, not just at training, but 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 off the training track. So, um, and then from then, I just kind of you know fell in love with that hard work. You know, I knew if I was working harder than the other blokes, that you know I'd try and get ahead. So, yeah, I think that's something that that kind of grew from from that age on.
0: Was there somebody a, a player that you played with, or or someone that you admired that you particularly modelled yourself on as a player?
2: Oh, probably. Someone like uh, Daz Finley and and, and uh, Sean Keating who kind of coming through under 16s and under 18s, I used to watch them a bit and then, you know, I was lucky enough to play with those guys. You know, I love the way they went about it. love the way they trained. You know, they, they trained the way they wanted to play and, you know, I just try to, try to follow them a little bit, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a great pleasure. And Nipper and I are both coming through the footy. As kids, we had heroes and we were very honoured to have played with those guys and uh, and and spent a bit of time playing footy with those guys and, and, and other sports cricket as well. It's a great honour to play with those guys that you've looked up to as a kid, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you, you kind of, you know, you watch them, and, you know, on a Saturday at 2 o'clock and then next minute you're kind of running out with them and, um, you know, you, you're playing with them. So it goes by quickly, but, you know, you look back at, at now and you remember those names and, you know, you probably you know, probably never thanked them enough back then, but um, you know, you, I, I respected you know all the guys above me, and you know to play with some of them was was a great great privilege.
0: So, were you one of those kids that used to um, play their game in the morning and then hang around and watch the seniors, or hang around you know, not not so much watch intently the game, but hang around and see the seniors play, especially at home?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you didn't watch intently back then, you're usually kicking the footy or uh mucking around, you know, wrestling or whatever and, and climbing trees. But um, you know, every every time you'd you go you'd play uh, in at Belmont, come home, you'd have a meat pie and then you'd you'd drive your bikes down to the footy oval and, you know, spend the afternoon down there at the footy club and um you know, some of the greatest memories down there. We, we had a ball as kids.
0: Yeah, it's a great thing. And who, who were the blokes you followed, Dan? Like you've already mentioned a couple that that you modelled yourself on, but there were there other blokes that you that you um that you you know thought were the great players.
2: Uh, it's hard to remember right back, but probably kind of the the up boy of the club, Nick Booty at the time was was the one I, everyone used to get around a fair bit. Um. You know, he used to turn it on all the time, playing centre-forward, full-forward. And, you know, he was the one we used to go and watch a fair bit. So, probably him. And then, you know, I was lucky enough to play with him as well. Another one that was uh, a mm. in the past, we used to always watch was Justin Crow. I don't know if you remember him. He used to play on the wing, half-back. Never dominated or anything, but for some reason he had a bit of a cult following.
0: Cult players, they're the great ones.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's been a few good ones... Uh line-up
1: on the uh, – it, it, it was probably one of those blokes that only played on the member side wing.
2: Yeah, 100%. He used to have the low socks and, you know, he used to oil up. and <laughs> play I, I,
1: I, I, I played a fair bit on the wing early on in my career and um, there was a guy on the other wing a lot of the time. Actually, there was two blokes. One for a while, a bloke by the name of Frankie Whitley. Frank Whiteley, Yes. And he just
0: refused to cross the ground to play under the tree. So <laughs> I played the whole season on it. Oh, you there, Nip? You there, Bobby? I am. Yep. 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 He might might be on mute again. You <laughs> Oh no, he's hung up. Well we'll just <laughs> we'll just chat amongst ourselves. I'll see if I can call him back. I don't know if I can yeah. get him back into the call. Are you there, Harry? I'm here. What about you, Bobby? You still there? Yep,
2: yeah, I'm on. I'm on. Right. Oh. You there,
1: Teddy?
0: Yes. Can you hear yeah. us? Can you hear yeah, me, I Bobby? I don't know
1: what happened there. I, just, I know, Teddy. I must have forgot to put 50 cents in the phone box.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm you, back on there. You're down the Leopold shops, are you? <laughs> yeah,
1: I've just run out of 20-cent pieces. I had to go in and get some from the pinball. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was about to say that... Uh, Bobby, you would have spent a lot of time at the uh, at the footy club when your mum was down there playing netball because, of course, you can't go home until mum goes home. So um, your mum, of course, is a light member of the club, yeah. like yourself. And there's only one other player that I can think of. Who,
0: That'd be Gordon Watson, would it, Nipper?
1: That's right. Gordon Watson and his mother, Hilda, were light members. There you and go. Of course, Gordon's, Gordon's father... Zero was as well, but uh, same as Bobby Wallace and Helen, uh, mother, son, life members. Very, very good. But that would have kept you at the footy a long time, I imagine.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a family affair. I think my, my brother's played a little bit of footy, Kane not so much. Les played a little bit until maybe one or two years in seniors or three years, and then yeah, mum, mum involved at the netball club pretty heavily, and my sister also, Simmy, She was uh, pretty heavily involved for, at the netball club for for a long time. So, yeah, we, uh, we we did spend a lot of time there, not just on the weekends, but but during the week as well. You know, the, the whole family loved loved the footy club, pretty netball club.
1: I suppose now that um, you've grown up and you've got uh, your own family, well, you've got you've got your dog, your dog Kenny, and. Um, and your lovely wife, Sammy. And your father-in-law, he's, uh, he's one of the power
2: breakers at the club now, isn't he? He is, big Gaz. I think he's the, uh, the vice president now or treasurer. I think uh, I think he, he, he does, a, I think, a fair bit of work behind the scenes. And then I think he just enjoys himself at the bar for, for all Saturdays. So um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with Gaz, that. Gaz, actually, Gaz, when I first started playing senior footy, I think he was – he might have been footy director. So that was yeah. I he I, was too for a long time. Yeah. Before I I met Sam, and I think I was only I must have been only seventeen, sixteen, seventeen when when I first started playing. And and um, yeah, I remember guys just
0: told you you'd give it away, Nipper. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I
2: was only a bit younger than that. Uh, yeah, I know. I <laughs> know. Um, but yeah, no, he he was involved then. So yeah, no, it's good that they they've hung around the club, and obviously Johnny played. Um, Sammy played a bit of netball, ball, um, and Meg also. So, yeah, it's, 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 like, uh, like any kind of local clubs, it's it, you know you get one person involved and the whole family get involved.
0: And that brother, yeah, your, your brothers, your brothers Bobby, I know um, we played a bit of cricket with the boys, and you yeah. played a bit of cricket. You're also quite a young starter in in senior cricket and did quite well until footy took you away from us. But um, yeah. You, Fairly competitive group you, you, between one another?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we were. Uh, obviously, I'm the youngest of, of of three boys, and then I've got the twin sister. But um, actually, we Dad built us a, a kind of a cricket pitch and nets in the bowling machine. And, um, yeah, no, we used to have some pretty heated, not just backyard games, but in the bowling machine. you used to rev it up and, and zing them around the, the chest area and head area. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember Les that well, but he... Uh, he didn't like losing, so he had a bit Whoa. of a temper. And um, <laughs> I, I was going to say, Bobby, I think I'd
0: rather face the bowling machine than, face than Les, yes. That's what I yeah,
2: was going to yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's probably a fair I was point. Say, to Yanni, y-
0: you probably threw the bowling machine away after a little while when lee got a bit quicker and and, uh, and angry. Yeah,
2: uh, he was. He was pretty fiery, and um, yeah, he didn't hold back on his uh, younger brother. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I,
1: that's all right. Don't don't feel that you were picked on. He didn't hold back on anyone. No, that's
0: right. <laughs> and, and there's a bit of that. There's a bit of get, bit of that going around. We spoke with Zach Wilder earlier in the year, and and Zach played the role of Les Wallace in that family, and yeah, um, yeah he was the one who used to zing him around his brother's ears. Yeah, and his uh,
2: fathers.
0: And his fathers. Yes.
2: Yeah. No. It's uh. I obviously didn't get the pleasure of being the oldest one, so. But yeah, no, I think it held me in good stead for for when you did come up against some quicks on on the weekend. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, is that part of your competitive nature that you? I mean, you learn that at home. You learn obviously your mum was fiercely competitive netballer. Yeah, and you, you just learn that, don't you? Fighting it out with your brothers, and then you you know the, there sort of is a um, an unwritten rule among brothers. But when you get out in the footy ground, that that rule goes out the windows. So you probably go a little bit harder at other blokes? Yeah. Or do you just no, go definitely... harder at your brothers?
2: No, 100%. I think, yeah, you you, you grow up um, with older brothers and just trying to beat them as much as you can. So you end up hate, hate hating losing. And then, you know, that just kind of filters down into to everything you do. And, you know, not just sport, but in you know, your work or anything you do now, you're just kind of you're always trying to be the best you possibly can be, I think.
0: We're talking about Bobby's mum, Nip. Yeah. I'm speaking with two boys who have parents who are in a fairly unique club. And that is that they are both life members of the football and the cricket club in Barn Heads. Right. And right. I remember when your father, Stewie, got that award, I wrote a thing in Talking Heads about it. And I neglected to mention Helen Wallace. Because at the time, I didn't know she was a life member of the yeah. footy club. I sort of hadn't been... Involved very heavily in the footy club for a couple of years there, and, and and had missed it. I got a text message fairly shortly after it came out from Bobby just to remind <laughs> me that um, that he's, he didn't want me to. And I had and I I did. I thanked him for it because uh, I didn't know it, and I had to write another article the next month um, <laughs> and apologise to Helen. I forgot all
2: about that. Teddy. I, I do I do remember that. I think Mum said, "Don't say nothing, don't say anything. I thought, no. Yeah. I no, no, I appreciate ones, it. Right?
0: No, no. I was a bit embarrassed about it, actually, when I when I think about it, because I should have known, but... No,
2: that's all good. Yeah.
1: Hey, Bobby, has your memory for individual games or particular standout games?
2: For me personally? Yeah. Oh. I'll throw one at you. Yes, go
1: on. <laughs> two, two, 2009. Yep. Versus Ocean Grove at Ocean Grove. Three-quarter time, we're 33 points down. you remember what happened in the last quarter?
2: Uh, two thousand nine.
1: Do we Do we draw? That's the one. Good guess.
2: Yeah. We, yeah, I do. It. We're
1: 33 points down. We kicked 34. Well, we kicked five goals, four in the last quarter. Yeah. And Ocean Grove only kicked one point. Yeah. Which should drawing. I reckon we've been having a bit of a lean trot
2: around that time too. Yeah, no, it certainly had. Yeah, I think I remember Jay Swannon kicked the point or maybe kicked the goal, uh, to see, uh, to, to draw it up level. And then, yeah, I do remember that. That 2009, was it? Geez, that's a long time ago. But, yeah, um, like
1: 11
2: years ago. But a draw, I think a draw, a draw back then was, uh, pretty much a win for us. So that was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good feeling in the rooms after that, I think. Absolutely. And, uh,
1: and always a big crowd in the battle of the breach, particularly. They even uh, they even look bigger in those days when we were at the old Memorial Reserve
2: because they were really jammed in around about yeah. that time. Yes. Yeah. That was, yeah. They were. always a great great day, the, the Battle of the Bridges, and you know something that I think both clubs are pretty lucky to be a part of. Yeah. And it, so it was...
1: um. So some of the guys that played in that side, I reckon I I went through the list the other day. There was nine or ten of them that played in the two thousand and five under-18 premiership team. So, Jason Todd, Gubbo, Giselle, Herbie, uh, Webby, uh, yep. Fatal, Lockie Flynn and Swinno and that sort of thing. So,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. When you yep. when you mentioned earlier on that, you know, you're a good group that stuck together and kept going, uh, that was obviously a, a big game for you all.
2: Yeah, no, we we definitely would have uh, probably celebrated like we'd won it that night, I reckon, with those boys. Back at Wade. <laughs>
1: The other thing I was going to ask you about, a bloke you played, I reckon you would have played a fair bit of footy with, and he was he was a guy that people didn't realise how old he was. He was quite old uh, when he gave it away. Like I'm talking he was probably nearly 40 when he gave it away. Matty Cook. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Tell us a little bit what it was like playing with Matty Cook.
2: Yeah, that was awesome. He was, um, you know, what Matty's like, he's, He's not your typical kind of serious footballer. He just went about his business, ran, ran down the fullback in his long sleeves and, and did his job. But, but probably like in the top three players that I ever played with, for sure, he was the most consistent I've ever seen. Just did his job on the best forwards every single week. A unique character and I also played a fair bit of cricket with him too. And he actually taught me a hell of a lot in terms of how you go about it. Maybe not so much, you know, in your your body... Your body. Um, uh, what, what am I looking for? Um, the way you, you wait. No, no, not conditioning. Just plays the way you, you conduct yourself. He was quite. As a leader, he was still pretty quiet. You know, he didn't say a lot, but when he did speak, everyone listened, and everyone had a, a hell of a lot of respect for Cookie. And yeah, I saw him do some some amazing jobs for for that footy club for for a long period of time. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, he, he was a ripper, and I I just couldn't believe. Every time I'd go down there to watch Baronet, he was still running around in the long sleeves, and he was a bit—he was a bit like, for all the older listeners out there, he was a little bit like Michael Fatty. He, he, he was wasn't wasn't a big bloke, but he was—you uh, know—he he held his own, and he was he was physically strong without being big, and uh, yeah, had the long sleeves and the skinny arms, and uh, but by gee, you know, whoever he was on, he did a job and a half on him all the time, and he always got the best forward,
2: you know, there was, was, no one else was going to get the best forward except for Cookie, so, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he, was, he was a great one back there, yeah, he was, he yeah, was an unsung hero of the footy club, that's for
0: sure, he has a special place in my football career, Nipper, Matthew Cook, yeah, he was the last player to play for Bowen Heads, who I played with, yeah. so, oh, he, wow. when Cookie retired, he was the last one, who Who'd I actually played footy with? So that's how long he—that's how long he played for, Bobby. Yeah, well,
2: he must have been. What, how old were you when you when you played with him? Or how old was he?
0: My, 1996 was my last season, and he yeah. played. He certainly played in that year. He may have played in '95. Yeah, but, but yeah, '96 was my last season, and he—he uh, he was playing then.
1: The one who went the longest after I retired was
0: Alan Fry. <laughs> Was he? Oh, oh well. That's game. I think Fry played his last game before, before Cookie played his last game. I
1: think you're right, Teddy.
0: Yeah, he was a very young kid from Monave in Hamilton when he played. Came think? down, and I think Joffa was coach. One thing I always remember about Cookie, and you're just talking about his consistency and his persistence. Played Ocean Grove in 19. It must have been 19. Oh, it could have been earlier, 1994 or five, might have been 94 even. We played Ocean Grove over at Ocean Grove and they won the flag that year, but they didn't beat Barwon Heads in that year. And There was a one of their young blokes picked the ball up off out of a back pocket and he took off and he started running down the ground and he knocked Cookie over to get the ball. Cookie got up and chased him and this kid had two bounces, and you can imagine what it's like bouncing the footy at Ocean Grove. Anything could happen. And the third, when he went to have his third bounce, it bounced over his head into Cookie's hands, who had kept chasing him. Cookie turned around and kicked a goal and put us in front. We ended up winning the game. And he was, <laughs> I reckon he was about 16.
2: Yeah, there you go.
0: That was the thing I remember most about him playing footy when I was playing. I, wasn't, I didn't play in that game. That's when I did my knee. But um, he was, yeah, yeah, I certainly remember it. I played with him a, a year or so later.
2: Well, he must have played a few hundred games then, Cookie. I reckon if he'd been around that long. I
0: remember I going to his hundred and fiftieth game, and I reckon it took him ten years. He had a lot of injuries, Cookie. Yeah, okay.
2: And, yeah. He,
0: and he also he got his face busted in at one point, and I think you reckon he had a depressed fracture of the eye socket or something. Um, okay. I think he nice went to, back. Yeah, I think he went
1: back home for a little while and played footy back where he came from, down around. Um, Colerane or...
0: Oh, yeah, that could be true.
1: Somewhere around there. Um Yeah, I reckon he went down and he travelled down each week to play footy back down there for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah great, okay. great player. Great player, Matty Cook. Yeah. He wore the long-sleeve number 40, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Well, well we're on numbers.
2: Bobby, you, Bobby,
0: you wore yeah. number seven. Yes, I did. How did I was, you end was, up like, wearing number seven?
2: Good question. I...
0: I had it through most of
2: my juniors and then got to seniors. And I think back then, I think Wappy was wearing it when I, was, not when I was. I don't think I was playing seniors then, but he was the first one I remember wearing it. And then I think he passed it down to to Mark Swinton, and he wore that for a few years. And I've then had that
0: conversation with Wappy about that. <laughs> yeah,
2: and then I think I was, yeah, I was lucky enough to get it off Mark, I believe. So yeah, and no, I got I got it eventually. Got it after a few years of wearing. I can't remember my first number. I think it was in the forties. Um, so yeah, got got the number seven. Luckily.
0: And it's the one you wanted. Did you ask for it.
2: I, yeah, I think so. I
0: don't know if I asked for it or or, or Swino asked me if
2: I wanted it or I can't remember how it went down. But um, yeah, just one year when when he wasn't playing, I think I I must have just got in early and and chucked it on. So got lucky. Nice. So
1: there's a bit of rumour going around, Bobby, that you retired after the 2018 grand final. Um, yeah. And I uh, did welcome you into the past players club last year, but you very quickly rebuff, rebuffed that and said that, no, I've played a game this year, so I'm not in the past players. <laughs> I to be correct, so, uh,
2: uh, uh, I was on the team sheet, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> did anyway. You play? Um,
2: no, I didn't. No, oh, no. Okay. Was, I think I was just before I went overseas and, uh, I think I might have been short, and yeah, no, I'd talk to to Kaza and Herb and uh, and Troy, and you know there was talk. That, oh, you know, I thought about maybe if I got back from overseas and I was fit enough and felt comfortable, I'd, I'd go back and do some training, but um, that didn't eventuate. Um, right. So they just, I think I just, you know, probably shouldn't promote it, but they just chucked me on the timesheet just to get a get a game down for me, qualify you in case of uh, something that might happen later on. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, and um, if we were to be playing this season, would you be playing? Uh,
2: I'd, I'd done a pre-season. I'd done a full pre-season and, and played one practice match. So, yeah, no, I would have. I would have put my hand up to, to play uh, reserves or seniors. So, you know, I just loved getting back this this kind of year in the pre-season, just being amongst amongst the boys again and, and back at Clubland. I suppose it's. Um, when you're not there, it's it's kind of it's hard to hard to watch. I'm not a good spectator, and you, you miss that kind of camaraderie with your with your mates and and training and all that kind of thing. So I kind of just wanted to get back into that and just get back involved at the footy club again because you know you feel a bit out of it when you when you're just watching on the sidelines. So yeah, I just went back and didn't have any expectations. Just wanted to get back into some training and and get fit again, and I did that. So yeah, I was just going to play it as it came. Oh, that's good. Did, um, I'm just trying to remember,
1: did anyone wear number seven last season?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, one of the Harvey boys did about halfway through, yeah. Yeah. through yeah. the year. No, right. um, yeah, through the year. What do you reckon
1: your chances are get back?
2: To get it back? Oh, it's funny, there's always a bit of talk about it, like, um, you know, a bit of banter here and there about it. So I, I, I was not fussed one bit whether I got number seven or not. So, um, you know, I retired and, and went away from the game. But um I think cousin promised me the number seven if I did go back. So, yeah, we would have had to wait. I wore our uh, 35 in the trackie game, which is Swinno's number, which he wasn't too happy about. You've been
1: ripping into the Swinno's,
2: aren't you? <laughs> plenty, plenty of numbers that they've worn, though. Plenty of Swinno's. <laughs> yeah. Pete Swinton that is, yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, very good um
1: so so
0: the I reason remember, I, go on, go on, Teddy. Oh, I was going to say the reason we're not playing footy and we're talking about the fact that you mightn't be playing is because we're all in lockdown in the grips of the coronavirus which is obviously why we're doing this over the phone coronavirus Bobby how, how, how are you faring in in the wake of it we we um when we sort of decided to do this show we wanted to make things a little bit uh, our our episodes that we where we didn't talk so much about current events um, yeah but you, it's you can't avoid this it's it's part of the history of all footy clubs now that that we're going to mm. have a blip where we don't actually have footy um, we're pretty good chance we don't play at all this year um, yeah h- how are you going with it mate how's how, how are you faring up how's your family coping with it what you know what implications has it got for you at work w- what's going on?
2: Yeah, I think, so, to be honest, it's kind of, it's come around, like, it's just built up really quickly, hasn't it? It's just jumped, jumped yeah. on us all so quickly. And, um, I think we're, we're probably pretty much the real lucky ones, I think. Like, Sam, um, she can work from home full time. Um, we're still on at work at, at the golf club, um, maintaining, um, mum and dad are in lockdown over in WA in the caravan somewhere. Um, Les lives in Darwin. I think he can still work, and and Kane brother, um, he's he's working from home and seems a teacher. So um, I suppose you know, yeah, just just seeing the people, other people lose jobs, and and the way it's kind of evolving, it's 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 pretty surreal to be honest. It's it's crazy. I think.
0: Yeah. And you and you at the golf club, Bobby. we how long have you been there, mate? You've been there a long time, haven't you?
2: I have. Yeah, I did my apprenticeship there and. I think I chalked up 15 years um, late last year. So, um, yeah, kind of started off, you know, with, with a dream of working at the MCG and I, I stayed at the Head. head So, um, no, the, the golf club is great to work for. They're good people there. And
0: Much know, more famous um, than the MCG. Yeah. yeah. Of oh, course.
2: 15 years, Bobby,
1: that'd get you up on an honour board, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh have they, no one to, of, have they got honour
2: boards down your end? No, nah, not for the ground staff. It's not. <laughs> Billy Winter would be on top of it though, if there was one.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, as such, you've been the uh, captain of the club, Bobby? you captain of the team? Yep. yep.
2: I've yep. been captain. Be, yep. been
0: the been the coach of the club?
2: Yeah, co coach with Mitch for a couple of years. Yep. Yeah.
0: Best and fairest at the club?
2: Yes. yes. Best and fairest? Yes. Uh, twice. Life, twice, Teddy?
0: Yes, twice, yes. Life twice. member of the club? life member, yeah. I think
2: I have to be a life member. Yeah.
0: Um, how many times have you mowed the grass at the footy club?
2: Uh, probably about as many as i played games there, I reckon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so
0: not only does the bloke do all the things on the footy field, he mowed it for himself. It's, yeah. I mean, it's probably... That was,
2: that was more stressful than anything else, Teddy. he's, he's trying to get the, game, uh, the ground up to scratch. And uh, the, the amount of heat I copped from that was... um was unbearable at times. so oh, really? I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not doing it anymore. Who'd you
0: copied from?
2: <laughs> All the players, you know, when it bogged up or it was muddy, you know, it was always my <laughs> so. fault. Um, just,
1: just on the topic of mowing it, did you see that post on Facebook where the pre- president was out with his hand mower? I did.
2: Work? I thought it was a stunt or a, a joke, but apparently it wasn't.
1: Yeah. Did anyone go and help him? <laughs> I
2: didn't.
1: Because he's probably still there. Did you? <laughs>
2: He's like, well, they got got new lights, so they should be all right.
0: Did you see the line mode? Yeah, it
2: wasn't that straight, was it? <laughs> a little bit like bowling. Because
0: I remember quite a few times, I don't know if you were responsible for this, Bobby, but a few times going down there and the thing would be striped up. It looked like the MC. Magnificent. Of course, yeah, that was in yeah, cricket but, season where no one's playing footy on it, but it just looked unbelievably good.
2: Yeah, it used to look best for the pracky matches and then, you know, you'd. Three trainings a night on there and get chopped up pretty quickly.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, it's it has suffered from that. From the amount, I mean, the footy club's gone from strength to strength, and the number of members that we have and teams and stuff. But it has flogged the ground, hasn't it? Because when in our day, Nipper and I can remember when there were only four teams. We so there were t- t- four training nights a week, and we played once a fortnight on it. Whereas now it's probably played on two days every weekend, and but and tra- yeah. trained on every day and night. Yeah. The only
1: time I ever remember a puddle of water on the boundary footy ground was when somebody left the fire hydrant on down in the forward pocket at the bluff end. <laughs> they left it on for a couple of days and there was a big puddle of water right along the boundary line and we thought it was Christmas. We were running through it and skidding and sliding and coming muds with mud, mud on us and I I go home with mud on my knees and on my footy nicks and that, and mum said, where have you been? I said, well, at footy training. She said, you would not have been at footy training and got that muddy. Dad couldn't believe it either, but, uh, yeah, yeah, someone had left a fly on, and I've got a funny feeling that I couldn't – don't want to dob anyone in, but I'll give you their initials. His name was Paul Lewis. (laughs) Uh, uh, he always wants
0: to get mentioned in this show So there you go You've just done it again
1: Yeah he left the fire hydrant He was probably the one That turned the sprinklers on At VfL Park that night too
0: <laughs> Well he is a fireman He's either lighting yeah. them Or putting them out <laughs> Where'd you go to school Bobby?
2: Uh, I, was a, I was a ballerine boy So over at Drysdale there so From from year 8 till 12 Yeah So I and my brother Kane went there And then I had a couple of close mates um, from primary school, go there and um, yeah, kind of school wasn't my, my strongest point. So I was just
0: going to say, what were you like at school?
2: Oh no, I wasn't. I wasn't a. I wasn't the greatest student. I wasn't super, you know, naughty. But I uh, yeah, I'd rather be outside playing footy and cricket and causing havoc out there than than being in a classroom. Yeah. So I don't if I had my time over again, I probably would have put my head down a bit more. I think. Yeah, we all say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. hindsight's a great thing yeah it is yeah.
0: how did you end up coach of the footy club Bobby uh,
2: it's, a, it's a good question actually um, well thank you
0: we we'll try to have good <laughs> questions on this show I actually
2: don't I don't know it was it, it, oh. it kind of took a bit of convincing I wasn't certainly wasn't confident in doing it um, initially and I think as soon, when James Garth, um and wizzo came down they kind of they changed everything, I think, for in terms of kind of modernising the game for, for that level and, um, you know, I learned a hell of a lot from, from those guys those couple of years and then, yeah, I was, I was captain, I think, for one year and then Garves uh, asked Dizzy and I to kind of take on an assistant coaching role. So so Dizzy and I did that for, for 12 months and then, yeah, kind of Garves and Wiz uh, retired and, and went and did other things. So then, yeah, it was a kind of the position there and, PA, who was our, our footy director at the time, um, and I'm sure a couple other people kind of got together, and I think they were pretty keen on on trying to lure Herb back, and you know Herb and I being pretty tight mates, they thought I'd be a good fit to kind of help him out and, and trying to get him down. I, you know, it took us a couple of months to kind of make a decision. Both of us, Mitch was kind of you know pretty heavily involved at South, and you know had great success there, and you know and VFL level, and wasn't sure if he was ready to come down or not. And, Eventually, we kind of both decided that, you know, it could work and, you know, that's how, that's how it all happened.
0: Was there ever a meeting where you said it was specifically mentioned that you were to go and give the sprays? <laughs> no,
2: no, there, there wasn't. It was, no, just kind of all eventuated pretty quickly after that and then, you know, we got we got to work and, um, you know, I learned a hell of a lot, you know, those two years off, off Mitch and then learn to have a lot of you know, about myself and, and it was good personal development to be honest. It was really good um in that regard, but you know, there's there's a fair bit of work that goes on. A lot on of responsibility
0: to it, it isn't it? So yeah, Bobby, yeah, there? So is. Bobby,
2: you did two two years. Was it two years you
1: all Mitch Coach for? Yep. Together? Yep. And one of those years were you joint named as joint coaches of the year in the Geelong area?
2: Yeah, I think we're we'll nominated for for the coaches of the year.
1: Thought you won it.
2: No, I think Mitch and Troy won it the year they won the flag, like last year. So, yeah, oh, we were nominated, right. I think. Um, I can't remember who won it that year, actually.
1: Wouldn't have been as good as you and Mitch.
2: Sorry, <laughs> like to say.
1: You just ruined a good story, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, mate. Definitely definitely nominated, though. So that's a, that's a pretty good effort for, um, you know, what might have been your first or second year of coaching.
2: Yeah, I think it was our, our first year together. So, <laughs> that was- yeah. We, uh, we won a few games over those two years, which was which was nice. Oh, a bit com- of a change,
0: culminating in in uh, reaching a grand final for the first time in in twenty five years for the footy club.
2: Yeah, yeah, just uh, didn't go to got to plan on the big day, and um, luckily enough they uh, they made amends the next year, which was you know a pretty special moment for, for everyone involved with the club, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, Bobby, I've got a bit of a question for you, and yep. it's it's something that I think. A lot of people have forgotten about, but round about, I reckon it was probably about 2012. You had an injury that was uh, potentially going to stop you from playing football, and uh, you spent a bit of time off, and you got a bit of treatment. And surprisingly, to I think a lot of people, was that you actually came back. Tell us a little bit about that injury that you had and
2: what effect it had on you? Yeah, so I think you're right, 2012, I think it was. Just had, I had uh, hip and groin issues for a long time, and eventually just went in for, for some surgery. It was meant to be pretty basic, and uh, they were just going to shave a few things down and, and get it all cleaned out. And I think the surgeon kind of found out that it was more than that. It was a fair bit of damage to the hip joint, and um, had to do some, I think they called it micro-fracturing of the hip, and um, create a bit of scar tissue. And I was pretty young then and I think mum and dad were away and they kind of gave me the, the doom and gloom story and said, you know, I probably shouldn't run again or, you know, not even consider playing footy again. And, you know, I didn't have a lot to to lean back on and, and get advice off. So, um, I had 12 months off, uh, not expecting to play again. And then, yeah, saw a couple of, um, sports docs, uh, the next year and just kind of told them that I was pretty keen to give it a crack and yeah, just worked through a few things. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to play again for another, you know, nearly, you know, eight years after that. So, I well, know. who knows? Who knows how many years you keep playing for? Yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be another one this year, hopefully. But see,
0: I remember having conversations with you about that, Bobby, and you saying pretty much what you just said then. But and at the time, I sort of got the, I, I felt terribly sorry for you, um, and got the feeling that you were, it was something that you were quite down on, like it was, it was a it was a big thing, wasn't it, um, for you? Like to be told that, as as a young guy, that that, that you had that condition, that you probably wouldn't wouldn't recover from it, and wouldn't be able to do the things you really wanted to do.
2: Yeah, I think I think at that age too, you know, you kind of feeling like you're becoming a, a half decent senior footballer, and then. Be told you won't play again. It's, I mean, in the scheme of life, it's not that big a deal. But um, yeah, for a young, right. young, young guy that, you know, footy is kind of, you know, something they're really passionate about, it was it was tough. But, you know, in the scheme of things, it, it wasn't a huge deal. And I was just, you know, I was lucky enough to, to get back and, and play footy again with my mate. So it was a good result in the end.
0: Yeah. And being able to, I mean, your bigger, your bigger worry is um, the profession you're in and being able to actually physically... Do the work. It's more of an issue than playing footy, I imagine.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, um, I haven't had any issues since, really. You know, I've um, my hips and that feel strong, and I'll probably suffer in the in the long run. But um...
0: are you there, Russell?
2: Yeah. What happened then? I don't
0: know. You've you've disappeared. Are you? Can you hear him, Bobby? No, we've lost. You've lost Bobby now. Can we hear Bobby? No, he's gone. I'll have to call him back. Hello? You there, mate? I am. Bloody yeah? Nipper, Nipper went to the toilet, I think. He's hung up on us and caused, yeah, okay. caused the whole thing to blow up. Hang on, I'm calling okay. him I'm calling him back. Hello? Hello, are you there? I'm here. Are you there, Bobby? Are you there? Yo. We'll just merge. Oh, we're right. back on air. So, Russell's I think back.
1: that was my bad. I went to put it on mute. Yeah. To go to go and get another beer. I thought you might be going to the toilet. And I think I pressed the wrong button and then and it was probably lucky too that I cut off because then I got a bit of grief when I got into the kitchen. How many of that you've had? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh,
0: brilliant. Well,
2: how many? Anyway, how many? Lost counted eight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, we weren't we the the tree on the wing? Would like to say that responsible drinking of alcohol is what we promote here.
2: I am responsible. I'm not driving.
0: No, <laughs> no, and probably not First, doing much else I either.
2: CUB stocks might have gone up through this coronavirus, for oh, sure. absolutely.
0: Well, I reckon it's time to go back to the uh, two truths and a lie. Do you remember
1: them? I do remember them.
0: Yeah. One was you played footy when you were 15. The other one was you got it. Your first trophy was fishing. Yep. And the other one was your dog was on... Pooch Perfect. Pooch Perfect.
1: Labradoodle.
0: The Labradoodle. Yep. What's the dog's name? Kenny. Kenny. I don't
1: reckon
0: his dog's been on Pooch Perfect. Yeah, I'm pretty... I don't reckon. I reckon he's got a fishing trophy. And, <laughs> and we think he played footy when he was 15 in the seniors. Yeah, I reckon he did. I don't think he was born yet when he played A-grade cricket, did he? How, how, young, how old were you when you played, played your first cricket A-grade cricket match, Bobby?
2: Uh, I was 14.
0: 14. And what were your figures, Bobby?
2: <laughs> uh, I do remember. 6 for 50 off 20. Off 20. 20.
1: 20 unchanged, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was. It was
1: <laughs> they brought in a They brought in they a rule. Brought in a yeah, yeah, um, yeah I think, I think the captain at the time was um, Michael Moulton, and uh, he just bowled you into the ground.
2: Yeah, I was, no, I think it was Andy Booth at the time was captain. No, Molly would have been pulling
1: the strings, though.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: keep, him, keep him on, he's going well. well how'd you go, yeah, um, What do you reckon? You, you reckon it's not the dog?
2: Oh, I re- yeah, I reckon the dog's a lie.
0: Yeah, I don't reckon the dog was on, the, on Pooch Perfect. Yeah, both
2: right. Yeah, as much as... Uh, Oh, uh, Sammy wants to wants to get him on there. Uh, that is not true. All oh, right. I'll tell you
1: what, I did do a bit of a cheat though because I got the iPad in front of me and I've just gone <laughs> He's locked
0: up Pooch Perfect. He can't
1: Perfect, do that. And it's got meat and <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if you hadn't given me the dog's name, I might have gone with it because, and this is a question I want to ask you there's a dog here and it looks a little bit like a Labradoodle and its name's Rupert. Now that was a nickname that you went by. Where did that come from?
2: Oh, I I don't even know. Like like most nicknames, they just come from from nowhere. I think was it Rupert Petharis that used to play for Collingwood? Oh yeah, yeah, yep, Yeah. Yep. So obviously my real name's Robert, and we'll someone called yep. me Rupert Petharis, and then I went to Rupert. Oh, there you go. Yeah. No, not yeah.
1: quite as good as uh, not quite as good as Wolfie's nickname, but um. Which I, oh, brilliant. I, I, which I believe you had a fair bit to do with uh, enhancing. I think uh, <laughs> from the story. Uh, I don't know
2: about that. Yeah. The, the
1: origins were great, were really good, but uh, no, it's always it's always great to hear a yeah uh, good nickname story. But uh, no, nah, you
2: would have got a fishing trophy.
0: Yeah, what yeah, was I your know? fishing trophy for, Bobby?
2: Funny, I was looking for it the other day. I knew it was broken, but uh, I couldn't find it up. I'm pretty sure it was for the biggest bag of whiting or heaviest whiting. Do you remember they used to have a fishing comp, and uh, everyone used to park their boats and down at the footy club on the oval, and then yeah, yeah, the, the pre- presentations used to be in the in the footy club the footy club rooms, yeah, the old, yeah. Yep, the old green green shed. So yeah, the old man took me and my sister out uh, one and yeah, we both came back with trophies. So Brilliant. Good memory, yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: And obviously yeah, your first game your first game at 15
2: Yep, yeah. Do you so remember I, it? One, I do, yeah So Lockie Flynn and I got got called up I think we were both playing uh, under 16 at the time uh, Jace McGowan was the coach um, no, yeah, And then we yeah, we got thrown thrown in and, and had a run around at Port for our first game and it was just a one-off um, One-off hit off in the seniors and then yeah, back to the back to the 16. So,
0: how long do you play your second game?
2: Oh, I reckon it was 2005. So it must have been yeah. That that year we won the the we grand year you won the play. Yeah, yeah, I played the first. I think five or six in the seniors, and then um, yeah, decided <laughs> it was too hard and went back and played 18.
0: Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> really? So you did struggle. You did struggle with that. Was that a confidence thing or just a, a a desire thing? What was going on there?
2: Yeah, it was a bit of bit of both, kind of. Uh, you know, I, I think they thought I had the ability, and I probably wasn't confident. You know, you guys probably remember I was a big, big kid. and was pretty heavy and and wasn't super fit, and just kind of got got found out pretty quickly. And uh, I think I had a couple of injuries too. And you know, I just the boys that boys back in under were having a, a good, fun time and winning plenty of games and. I think, yeah, it was kind of decided'd go back and enjoy my last year playing with, with them, and you know in the end, it was probably probably a good decision, but at the same time, you know if you had a known what you know now you you would have probably uh, committed a bit more to to playing seniors. Yeah. it's a tough it's a tough call that one,
1: Bobby, because I remember having the same situation where I was playing senior footy at you know, 16, 17, you know, and still eligible for the under-18s. And the footy club at the time in the sort of mid-80s wasn't very successful, so you weren't winning games. So even though you were playing in the senior team, you weren't winning, but you think, Mm. if I go back to the under-18s and play there, I'm going to get a heap of kicks and I'm going to win games with my mates. Yeah. And it was something so I, I used to find that I'd I'd sneak a couple of under eighteen games and and oh. I'd um, I'd come off the ground at about half time when when the coach would arrive.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they'd see driving in the old the old entrance to the footy ground, you know, past the Ranger's office and they'd see yeah. the coach drive in, the runner would come off and I'd race up and get just put tracksuit pants on and the top and be standing there <laughs> at the rooms and he didn't know that I would playing half a game of under eighteen just to
0: help him out. <laughs>
1: But, uh, if uh, if my old coach Johnny Dunn's listening to this, that's what I was doing, don't I?
0: And and you had two of the three out of Bo- that Bobby had their Nipper. You had two of the three. What was that? Well, you're you're a bit heavy, and you weren't that fit. No, 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 that came but a you, lot later. But it the confidence, later. the confidence thing wasn't a problem.
1: No, no, I, was, I had the confidence. I was just, um, I was just, believe it or not, I was a little bit light. I was. Half the man I am today. Yeah, you, fr- you
0: grew into your melon. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, and, probably, and, uh... and,
1: and a lot of that, thanks,
0: guys, is John Taylor. <laughs> it does too. So, Bobby, just to last a couple, last couple of ones, who's yep. who's the best player that you have played with?
2: Uh, I knew I, I, I've got three names down
0: because
2: so I knew I'd probably get asked this. Yeah, and it's it's, uh, it's well, I've probably got four to be honest. So most recent times. Probably Herbo, like not just pissing his pocket. He's uh, he's one of the best I've played with for sure. Um, Can do it anywhere on the ground, and um, you know you guys have all seen it firsthand. Absolutely. And then a a couple of guys who like uh, we we talk about in Cookie and and Dizzy Holland's were probably two of the blokes that kind of every week just the most consistent kind of backman I've ever seen. Were we're outstanding and probably the, the best footballer in terms of. Just kind of you sit back and go, Jesus, how good this is! Uh, Lucas Murphy, I reckon he was one of oh, the, yeah. one of the best, of, yeah, best I've ever seen. So I'm yeah. played with, yeah.
0: And what about playing against? I used to hate
2: playing against Jimmy Dalton. I thought he was yeah. he was probably a premier midfielder in the comp back back in his prime. He just needs to rack him up all day and real, of
0: three or four league best and fairest, didn't he? Yeah, all yeah, right.
2: yeah. He was he was an absolute star
0: in, te- in teams that won flags.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he's a good fella too. Yeah,
0: good, good guy, Jimmy. Yeah,
2: so yeah, that's but yeah, you know, we're lucky enough to play with a lot of good, good players. But yeah, those guys probably stood out, I think.
0: Yeah, Mitch Herbison and yourself aside, your your favourite ever coach.
2: Well, the two I mentioned, I think Mick Atkins kind of was was probably one that turned me, and then yeah, Garth certainly was the one I, I kind of learnt the most off, and um, you know he probably gave me a few extra years than, than what I probably would have had if, if I didn't kind of meet him and he didn't come down the footy club.
0: And what do you really love, really, really love, about the Bowling Heads Footy Club?
2: What I really love, there's, there's, there's plenty. It's probably, to be honest with you, it's probably like the volunteers, you guys, the, the older crew, um, the people that just get so much joy out of um, the the club's success and um, not a better feeling than going up after a win and, and chatting to... You know the volunteers and the supporters um, who, who absolutely love the footy club, and you know, like I, I just love that 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 kind of small town club feel, and and everyone knows everyone, and um, yeah, I think you know the the volunteers and the, and the supporters are probably the best thing about the footy club. I think. Nipah? Yeah, I think
1: I'm just about done. I probably had one last question. Were there any blokes running around in juniors that you played against that really kicked on, you know, became league players or anything like that that were, you know, were you, I'm just trying to think, rough age, were you, you
2: Shawnee Higgins' age or were you Travis Spokes' age? Uh, yeah, both. Both. They're the same age. So I think they got drafted in <laughs> the same year. So, yeah, I yeah. played played a bit of uh, junior footy and cricket with with both those fellas. Um yeah, they were, I think, who else was there that got drafted that year? Um, there, was, there was a couple of I was Clint Barton, we played a bit at Melbourne. Uh, yeah, Melbourne, yeah. Not, Danny,
0: not Danny Stanley?
2: Danny Stanley was the same yeah. age. Yep, yeah. Yep. Couchy. Some couch. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, Will Schofield, that that
2: age. Yeah, I think he was one or two years younger than me, yep. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those those my Bokey and, and Higo were the ones that kind of...
0: Went on and are still going pretty well now, aren't they? Yeah, serious players. Yeah, well, they, both yeah, of them both,
2: both very
0: well. Their fathers have got great connections to our footy club. One of us, one of them, used to kick our brains in every time we came near him, and the yeah, other one yeah. coached us to a premiership. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah,
0: exactly
1: right, exactly right. One of, one of them, our our former premiership coach, Mick Higgins. Yeah, he's, I believe the first parent to have a son playing AFL and a daughter playing AFLW yeah which is is pretty special and they reckon from what I've heard Dawn hasn't got the best skills.
0: oh
1: (laughs) I reckon Danielle's got the best skills in the family
0: so so he has got a sister who's better
1: yeah (laughs) yeah Exactly. Exactly. No, but I was just yeah, I was just trying to get the uh, the age, the age sort
2: of thing. But uh, other than that, yeah, I haven't got it. Keep grooming the
0: dog, Bobby. <laughs> Thanks, <Nick. laughs> Well, Bobby, we'll finish off now. It's been fantastic to have you on. I remember a conversation that I had with you uh, after the 2018 Grand Final, and you come up to me and you apologised in the rooms. And I told you I had nothing to apologise for, and you you don't, mate. You've, you're one of the great ambassadors for our club. You're beloved within our club. You're beloved by the other blokes at other clubs. you be battling to find anyone who'd have a bad word to say about you.
1: It probably his brother, Liz.
0: <laughs> we love you at our footy club. We Thanks for coming on the show. You're the epitome of what we're trying to, um, to put out there, as I said. If, when I watch you play footy, I think that's the way I was trying to play. As I said, I never got there, but I love the way you play. I love the way you conduct yourself on and off the field and, and you're a credit to, to your family, you're a credit to yourself and you're a great credit to our footy club. We really appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much for, for being part of the show and uh, good luck with the coronavirus and good luck with work and everything that's going on in the world at the moment.
2: No, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, it's a a great uh, initiative from you two. And um, keep up the good work. It's a great listen. So, um, no, thank you and and all the best in the coming months. Good on you. Good on you, Bobby. Hey, Teddy.
0: Yes, Russell. I've
1: got a final question. Have you? Yeah. Tell me, what did you learn today?
0: What did I learn today? Well, I learned that Bobby Wallace is probably favourite footballer at the footy club is probably one of mine too Lucas Murphy I used to love the way he went about his uh, went about his business and I I also learnt that Les Wallace is scarier than a bowling machine (laughs) Um,
1: probably because a bowling machine doesn't move it's stationary Um, you know what I learnt today
0: what did you learn Russell
1: I learnt that Bobby Wallace's coaching style was based on experience from Steve Pelham, Peter Suderson, and Jeff Miles. Which is why? (laughs) Bobby gives the sprays.
0: That's right. Bobby does give the sprays. Well, Nipper, it's time for you to do your thing.
1: So, it's time to pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking, and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheerio.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Thanks very much to Bobby for his time. We think you'd agree that he's one of the great people that have made our club a great club and he has had a profound impact on the place over a number of years. We'd like to acknowledge the boys from the Could Have Been Champions who made a contribution to this recording. We've been massive fans for many years, and we unashamedly copy their style and sentiment whenever we can. Though we weren't at the Beach House for this episode, we are aware that they're doing it tough at the moment, so we thank them for their support, and we hope that things get back to normal as soon as possible. And we'd also like to thank you. It's a new and very different year this year and your continued interest keeps us going. Stay well and stay home. Goodbye.
1: Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time has called and we must piss off.